0: No is necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Log Talk Radio. Welcome. Today our topic is Developing Law Leaders Through Personal Accountability. Joining us is Kristen Lindeen, daughter of author John Miller, who wrote QBQ, The Question Behind the Question. So growing up, Kristen was steeped in the QBQ message of personal accountability. With this background, she is uniquely equipped to share with others. Her clients include corporations, associations, schools, churches, and nonprofits. Welcome, Kristen. Thanks, Julie. I'm glad to be here. We are so glad to have you. So let's kick this off with an obvious question. What exactly is QBQ and how was it created? (laughs) That's a great question. Uh, (laughs) We get that a lot. Barbecue? No, QBQ.
0: Uh, The QBQ is actually short for the question behind the question. And actually, my dad, John Miller, is the creator of the content, and it came, it was birthed out of his, I don't know, 10,000-some hours working with managers um, in a training environment in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. And um, from his work and his facilitation and listening to these men and women hash out their problems over a decade, he started to notice that we all tend to gravitate towards some lousy questions in our lives and that life is so much better when we ask a better question. So out of that, he created and formed this concept, this tool called the question behind the question. When we pause and we look a little bit deeper beyond our initial, sometimes negative reaction to problems and situations and people in our lives, um, we can ask this better question called the QBQ. So the QBQ itself is a tool. It helps us. Leaders, no matter what level we're at, whether we're at an entry level in an organization or if we're all the way up at the top CEO level, um, or if we're not in an organization at all, if we're a stay-at-home parent or if we're a teenager, the QBQ helps us leaders at all levels practice personal accountability and it helps us pause in that moment and ask a better question instead of some lousy questions.
1: Okay, so, I have a better question. Why yeah. is personal accountability such an imperative for both organizations and individuals?
0: Well, Julie, I don't know if you've noticed, but accountability has become a buzzword.
1: It's mm-hmm.
0: everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we've, been, you know, we've been talking about accountability for a very long time. I was actually still in high school when my dad created the tool and started speaking and writing books. Um, but it has definitely grown and become an even more desired topic in our society. And I think that's because everybody wants everybody else to be accountable. <laughs> but the yes. important Somebody of, else's
1: problem, yeah. Exactly.
0: Right. It's always mm-hmm. someone else's fault, and that's, that's the problem. Uh, the mm-hmm. importance of this for organizations is we want our people to be accountable, right? So how do we do that, though? How do we get each and every individual to be accountable and to practice personal accountability, well, it, it starts with each of those individuals. An organization can't be accountable. Each of its people, each of its leaders and individuals can practice personal accountability. And when that happens, then the organization or the team is able to do such great things when each person is saying, hey, hey, there's a problem. What can I do to fix it? How can I help solve that problem? What skills do I have that I can offer uh, to help this situation, when each individual is acting that way, then the organization is more on track and is able to be more efficient and reach its goals. So personal accountability is imperative because it helps us live a better life and
1: it helps us do better work. Okay, how are personal accountability and leadership connected? <laughs> oh, how are they not? I
0: mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's
1: kind of one of those rhetorical questions,
0: <laughs> right? Like. I mean, without personal accountability, I can't lead people. If I'm blaming, if I'm whining and complaining and pointing fingers and procrastinating and sitting back and hoping other people will take care of the problems, I'm not leading. How can I lead someone if I'm pointing fingers at them saying, This is your fault, go clean up that mess? That's that's not leadership. Leadership at its at its very core is it's disciplining our thinking or our, our thoughts. And when I'm able to take captive every single thought that comes into my mind, recognize it as either good and productive or bad, um, and then make sure I'm asking these better questions like, how can I lead the people around me today? What can I do to contribute? How can I solve the problem even if I didn't cause the problem to begin with? uh, This is leadership right there.
1: And, you know, actually, oh, go ahead. You know, you have a personal experience that I think perfectly defines personal accountability for all of us. You call it the Brian story. Would you share that for our listeners?
0: Definitely. Definitely. This is one of my favorite stories. So back um, back when I was in high school, actually, we were going on a family drive, and so all of us were in the minivan driving through um, the northeast suburbs of Denver, Colorado, where we lived at the time, and us kids, I have a lot of siblings, I'm the oldest of seven, and we're all hanging out in the back of the van, and something Mm -hmm. outside of the car caught our attention that day, and it caught our attention, this big open field out on the right side of the road because it was absolutely littered in newspapers, and I don't know if you've spent any time in in Denver, but it is very windy and very flat, Mm -hmm. there's nothing to stop stuff when it's blowing around, so these newspapers were just blowing in little mini tornadoes all over this field, so a bunch of kids trapped in a car, you know, we're thinking, "Oh, cool. Let's look at this. See what's going on. Hey, do you see that? What what do you think happened?" And then we noticed something else as we were observing the newspapers. We saw a man in a wheelchair on the side of the road, and as we watched, he falls forward out of his wheelchair and starts dragging himself across the field by his elbows kind of like army style. And he starts clutching newspapers to his chest as he's crawling across this field. So, you know, I very distinctly remember thinking, all right, it's one thing to watch some newspapers twirling around in a field and not do anything about it. It's a whole other thing to watch a man without the use of his legs try to clean up that field by himself. So I'm pretty sure in unison, almost in unison, my siblings and I all yelled, stop the car, we have to help. So my parents pulled the car over and parked, and we got out of the field, and all of us Miller kids were running around the field clutching uh, newspapers in our hands and plucking them straight out of the sky, and we helped um, him clean up the field. And when we were done, we gathered around him. We helped him back into his wheelchair, and, of course, we asked him what his name was and and what had happened. Well, his name was Brian, and it turns out he'd been in a wheelchair a few years back and had lost his ability to walk, but he could drive. And so his job was delivering newspapers. Well, he'd gotten home that day and realized that a bundle of newspapers had fallen out of the back of his pickup truck. I don't know about you, but if I had realized that, I might have just thought, oh, well, someone will get to them. They're biodegradable. They'll blow away. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but but Sorry. no, Brian, he went back out. He got back in his truck. He went out looking for the missing newspapers. And when he found them, he decided to clean it all up himself. And I remember my dad just looked at him and said, Brian, what were you going to do? Were you going to crawl around the whole field and clean it up yourself? And Brian just looked at my dad and very respectfully and just kind of with a question in his voice said, well, yes, sir. Of course, it's my mess. Like what else could I do? It's my mess. I need to clean it up. And I love that story because it is such an example of personal accountability. Hey, that's my mess. I need to clean it up. I
1: own it. It's I love it. I love that
0: phrase, it's my mess.
1: (laughs) It's my mess. Now, how can we use it on the job to develop law leaders?
0: Model it use it, practice it, uh, speak the language, Uh, have people read the book, read it together, discuss it, go chapter by chapter, and then if a colleague is struggling and you notice it and they're open to coaching, sit down with him or her, take out a pad and pen and write down all of the lousy questions that are leading us to victim thinking, blame, procrastination, and then instead um, help that person formulate some QBQs to use instead of those lousy questions that we might be asking
1: to go on a more positive, um, just positive thinking and just Mm -hmm. taking a positive outlook on life, basically. Yep,
0: figuring out a way to contribute instead of complaining. Yes, absolutely. What problems
1: does QBQ solve?
0: Well, I've alluded to this, but there's three traps that the QBQ helps us eliminate, and that's victim thinking, procrastination, and blame. So when I ask a question like, why is this happening to me? I'm playing the victim, and that's not being personally accountable.
1: When I say, when
0: is someone going to train me? I'm procrastinating, and that's not being accountable. Uh, When I say, who made this mess? That's blame, and I'm not being accountable. The better questions to ask are QBQs, which begin with what or how, contain an I, and focus on action. How can I embrace change? What can I do to improve? How can I seek out the training that I think I need to do my job effectively?
1: Well, wow, that is too simple, but it's so powerful at the same time. It is. It's one of those light bulb concepts. It really is. Now you say the cornerstone of personal accountability is the concept that only I I can only change me. Explain that. Yeah, well, you know, I I
0: truly can only change myself and we all know that from, you know, books written in the nineteen nineties about, hey, you can only change yourself, so go mm-hmm. do it. Um But we still want to change other people. I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time and energy trying to fix the people around me. And it's out of the goodness of my heart because I want what's best for them. But at the end of the day, I cannot make the choice to change for another individual. So personal accountability is just that. It's personal. Make anyone else practice this content. I cannot make anyone else change. So the best thing I can do is work on myself and hope it rubs off on the people around me.
1: Now, if people out there could only get one idea from your content today, what do you hope it will be?
0: I think a big piece, a big component of QBQ is that I have a choice. I'm not a victim in this world. I, I can choose. I can choose to believe in what I'm doing in the organization I'm working for, or I can leave. I have a choice. I can choose to change myself or not. I can choose to invest in people around me and in the organization, or I can sit around and complain and play the victim. We are active, living, incredible human beings, and when we purposefully ask these better questions called QBQs, amazing things really start to happen in our lives.
1: Well, that brings us to the end of our podcast. Thanks to our guest, Kristen Lindeen, for your expertise on how personal accountability builds leadership. Kristen will be a featured speaker this fall at ALA's Business of Law Conferences coming to a city near you. Visit the ALA website, alanet.org, for more information. And thanks, everyone, for joining us today.